2: Get yours in Coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Broadcasting live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty.
1: And now, here. Armstrong and
4: Getty.
1: Live from Studio C. Please, in a, a dimly lit room deeper than the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. Today, Tuesday, we're under the tutelage of our general manager. The United States soccer team. The
3: pride of a nation. And we're playing today... Playing against the evil Iranians, and, you know I've been saying Iran since I was in college studying foreign policy. I'm an okay? Iran. I'm an Iran man, which is fine. But I've been saying Iran now for thirty plus years. I'm tempted to go back to Iran just because an Iranian journalist practically cussed out one of our players for saying Iran instead of Iran. Oh, really? Just bullied him. Really? Yeah. Hey, how about you quit shooting down children in the street, scumbag? Iranian? With apologies to our Iranian listeners and friends. Yeah, I worry
1: about oligarchs codifying raids while they gaslight cancel culture. That's what I'm worried about. (laughs) You know... (laughs) I found a way to work in all of the words of the year into one sentence. Folks like you, I was wondering where the hell that was going. <laughs> <laughs> I found a way to work in all the words of the year, according to Miriam Webster's dictionary. And we'll look into those a little bit later. And well done. <laughs> <laughs> in a nonsensical sentence. So, yeah. uh, so uh, USA, Iran today. Uh, what time does that happen? Oh, I keep forgetting. What is it? Uh, 1 o'clock Michael, Eastern? you looked that up uh, 10 yesterday. 10 o'clock Pacific? I believe it? it
3: was 2 p.m. Eastern time, but I will check. Okay. I know it's and 11 You know what? That here. sounds right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when does the action start? you can't start? figure out your own time zone, you're too dumb when does to the figure action? out what channel is on. The action doesn't actually ever start if you watch soccer. So when does oh, the action start? I, wow. Really, but, wow, that's uh, anti-soccerism or something. <laughs> Yeah. That triggered somebody. Are you <laughs> gaslighting me? Um, uh, uh,
1: so, is there anything to the Iran United States match? I mean, does it uh, internationally? I don't mean soccer wise. I know it's no. it's lose and go home for the United States. We can't tie or anything. We had got to actually win or we're done.
3: Yeah, um it's interesting. There are reports that seem pretty well, you know, researched and reported that said a lot of Iranians want the team to lose because the team is tied to the Republican Guard and the mullahs. They're they're the golden boys of the regime, and so they want them to lose. Uh because, you know, a great and glorious win would be uh would glorify the regime. Now, I don't know if that's like 20% of Iranians or 80% or what. Mm. But there's that. Plus, uh, pro and anti-regime Iran soccer fans have been uh, beating on each other in uh, Qatar there. So that's interesting. There are pro-Iranian
1: regime soccer fans?
3: Sure. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they... Again, read The Dictator's Handbook. It's absolutely a fabulous book. But, it, yeah, they are part of the the power elite that Mm. the money flows to through the government, the Republican Guard, whatever. Yeah, they're the in crowd. Gotcha. It is 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific. I confirmed non nonstop action begins edge of your seat excitement from the opening, whatever they do to the closing. What's it?
1: <laughs> It'll be a zero, zero tie to so the, to the random point. They tell
3: you the game is over. Um, uh, well, and then the ref announces, yeah, we're going to play for five more minutes. And you're like, all right,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Um, I did see some reports on the evening newscast last night about uh, players, families being threatened at home. If they're, Family member doesn't sing the national anthem with great vigor on the field because some of the Iranian players had been not.
3: Yeah, they they were told, we will uh, jail and torture your family members if you don't come correct on the soccer field. So that's just beautiful. Yeah. Uh,
1: I could certainly see how, uh, as your average Iranian, you'd think, I don't want the team to do well and, and, and make it look like we're successful at anything. It's a yeah. miserable, miserable place to be.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's a weird situation. Well, I'm just as a patriot, I'd like to see the U.S. win anyway. Although I could analyze our chances at length if you'd like.
1: So, I didn't know this till yesterday. Evidently, he would not like. Go on. I didn't know this till yesterday. One of the biggest uh, Trump-supporting talk show hosts in America was uh, Sid... Rosen, is that his last name? Who used to, many years ago, he was a sports guy on Imus's show, and then he got his own right. radio show with uh, Bernie, also from Imus' show. Bernie died a couple weeks ago. Anyway, Sid is the morning guy on a New York radio station. Why do I bring this up? The only reason I bring it up is he is one of the biggest Trump fans in America, which is kind of interesting in New York. I mean, he, he seems to do really well in the radio world, and even though I think four out of five... People in New York are Democrats. You know, there's still, still a big enough chunk of people that sure. want to listen to a different point of view to keep you in business, apparently. But anyway, he thinks he has had enough. With Trump allowing Kanye to come and have dinner with him, and so I'm just wondering—you know—we've been wondering since the uh, election. I mean, the 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 bloom was off the rose. I don't know if that's the right expression here um, after the uh, after the midterms. But man, the whole—I wonder if there was another level of really from a certain uh, crowd of you who are still standing by Donald Trump when he has Kanye come have dinner with him. It just seems like inviting. Controversy.
3: Well, if it were only Kanye, who is demonstrably crazy, and I'm starting to wonder whether he's beyond bipolar. I wonder if he has schizophrenia, because I've I got a transcript of some things he said on a recent podcast, and it's just loopy. It well, sounds like a schizophrenic. Well,
1: person. I told you, I don't know how many people actually watched him on Tucker Carlson, because he was on Tucker for like a half an hour uninterrupted. And I think Tucker ran it twice that week. I actually watched
3: it. You couldn't make sense of any of it. Right. You said that. I remember. (laughs) I mean, it just made no sense. Well, and we get emails semi-regularly from a handful of listeners who suffer from schizophrenia, and and Kanye reminds me very much of them. But anyway, uh, if it were only crazy Kanye, that would be one thing. But he brought this Nick Fuentes character with him. Who I dug into it enough because the the freaking New York Times and NPR and everybody, the the, the New Yorker will call anybody a white supremacist if they're to the right of, uh, you know, Mitt Romney. Um, so I actually looked into it and this smug little piece of crap is just, he's rotten. He's a rotten human being. Um, he is absolutely an anti-Semite, Holocaust denier. Um, he's just one of those smug young, uh, mouthy type activist types. Um, that's too many types. Anyway, so the idea that Trump entertained Kanye and this dude at dinner, all of his, not all, of, many of his uh, most notable Jewish followers are like, hey, uh, thanks for the whole moving the embassy to Jerusalem. Thanks for all your pro-Israeli stuff. But no, we're done. We're through here.
1: Well, I'm willing to take Trump at his word that he had never heard of Nick Fuentes and didn't know who he was, but uh, I'm willing to go with the, who's the guy who's on the Daily Show? Now, Trevor Noah? Trevor Noah. The Trevor Noah joke was uh, something along the lines of, I didn't know the anti-Semite that the other known anti-Semite brought with him. I mean, because you got Kanye out there, you know, he lost two billion dollars in one week with his various anti-Jew, going to go Death Con three on the Jews stuff. Right. You said you did know who he was. See, that's the problem to me. It's not the did he know Nick Fuentes? Did he not? How do you allow him to? Stay? You you sat down knowingly with Kanye. Why? Why would you do that if you're running for president?
3: Yeah, you know, there was a, a blip of time when the story first broke that I thought, you know, that's one of the reasons Trump won. And that's one of the endearing things about him is that uh, his buddy, Kanye, who's a little crazy, shows up for dinner. He brings a bud with him. And, All right. You're fr- yeah, a friend, sure. of yours, friend of mine. Yeah, I get and it. He's not so carefully groomed. I get it. And spun and fake in the rest of it. Um, but I don't know uh, that. Actually, I thought that Trevor Noah line was pretty damned insightful. Right. Right. Uh, I didn't know the guy who came to dinner was an anti-semite, brought by the guy I absolutely know was an anti-semite. <laughs> yeah, it's just and 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 you know, some some Trump fans will stick with him till the end, but that just shows astoundingly bad judgment. Yeah, I don't think Trump is an anti-semite
1: uh or anything like that or would you know, it just just, it just makes things always so much more complicated than they need to be, if you're wanting to win, if you're right. wanting to actually win a general election.
3: Yeah, the, Trump no longer has the feel of a winner to many, many uh, supporters. Anyway, so, uh,
1: <laughs> God. and Kanye's campaign manager, because Kanye announced for president, Yes, Kanye's come. And he
3: actually, go ahead, sir.
1: Kanye's campaign manager is our old friend Milo, uh, Yiannopoulos, Who? Uh, who? Maybe we could get him on the show, or would that be a poison? Would that somebody we get fired was calling
3: that? him an anti-Semite in an article I was reading about Kanye, and I don't know what Milo said. Yeah. I haven't really been paying attention to him for several years. So if he said something loathsome, I I disavow. I disavow. Right. Now I understand Kanye asked Trump to be his veep. Right,
1: which uh, Trump was offended by.
3: <laughs> Didn't like and told Kanye not
1: to run. But anyway, too much crazy. All right.
3: (laughs) Go sell crazy somewhere else. We're all full up here.
1: Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Anyway, let's start the show officially, because that's going to bring its own at least teasing to another conversation. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this Tuesday, November 29th, the year 2022. We are Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this
3: program. Let's begin then officially according to FCC rules and regulations. Here we go at Mark.
5: Nor has uh, our record of um, human rights abuses
1: come up either. People in China didn't ask me about, uh, you know, people
5: owning AR-15s and mowing each other down in a mall.
1: So who's that? That is the coach of the world champion Golden State Warriors, Steve Kerr. And he was asked a question. You know, the NBA has been trying to expand in China and get that market going for a very, very long time. And so they've been pretty damn soft on China. And he was asked about the abuses of the, uh, the people in the streets in China and blah, 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 blah. And had he been asked about it and blah, blah, blah. He said, yeah, no, I wasn't asked about that. And also, the Chinese didn't ask me about our abuses of our people. Oh, whatever. We'll play you the whole thing a little bit later. But, geez, that sort of moral equivalence game with oh. a country like China that has a million slaves? Oh, my God. They're committing a genocide? And for him to, to act like the United States is no better which is more
3: or less exactly what he said. No freedom of speech, no right to assembly. It's disgusting. Steve Kerr, you are so brutally misguided. My God, for an intelligent man, you come off as a freaking moron. That is really something. Anyway, we'll play more of that a little bit later.
1: That is just absolutely unfreaking believable. Wow. Um, How does mailbag look? It's good. It's okay. Wow, it went from good to okay Mm -hmm. very quickly. That was a okay. quick slide. They're kind of
3: the same, aren't they? That's okay. okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have much on the way. We'll update you on what is happening in China and a bunch of the other news. Some economic news about Black Friday and Cyber Monday and today is Giving Tuesday and all that stuff. Coming up, our text line, four one five two nine five kftc
4: The
2: Armstrong and Getty Show.
1: We'll get to the words of the year coming up later this hour, but there's some funny stuff around that.
3: It's just
0: <laughs>
3: hilarious. Indeed, here's your freedom-loving quote of the day. The great Frederick Douglass. If you ever want to read a great book about Frederick Douglass, Tim Sandifer wrote a terrific one. My friend Tim the lawyer. Frederick Douglass said, Knowledge makes a man unfit to be a slave. That's pretty good. That is pretty good. reminds bo- me that. Uh, go ahead. I read a book about Buster Douglas. Was that? Is that? That's, that's a different oh, thing, right? A very different story. Different man. Um, I've been thinking a lot about that editorial. Well, editorial uh, piece of writing in the Wall Street Journal by a black economist um, who said it's utterly clear and indisputable that what separates uh, the results in the workplace among the races is preparedness for being in the workplace. And that we've got to send the message every single day to young people, especially young black people, that the deck is not stacked against you. In fact, if you pour your time and energy into education, it will pay off for you more than other people. Education means everything. Preparedness for life means everything. Go get it. Mailbag. You can email us, mailbag at com. Uh, I got this one from Robert. We were talking about people who work on Thanksgiving. Listening to you dopes talking about people working on Thanksgiving is ridiculous. You take off three days before and three days after every holiday. Lazy (laughs) a-holes. Thank you for that commentary, you sad little man. (laughs) my God. Yeah, it's, there's no chance, like, we have a contract that says how much time we get off and decide when we want to take it. No, we're lazy a <laughs> Okay. <laughs> there's no chance we've been, like, making scads of money for giant corporations for many years, and we get more time off than people who are in their 20s. No, ch- no, we're lazy a Thank you again for the clarity, sir, of your commentary. Got this from uh, James. Can I purchase a transcript of your commentary from yesterday about the sharp decline in face-to-face human connections? You know, we don't have uh, transcripts, James. We, we can barely keep the train on the tracks, much less, you know, uh, have a transcript of its travels. But uh, certainly you can grab the podcast, Armstrong and Getty On Demand, listen to it over and over again, zap around the link to your friends, whatever you would like to do. But thank you uh, for your, your kind words there by implication. Got this uh, from my friend Mike on that same topic. He says, I think another factor regarding connectedness connectedness and not seeing family during the holidays is that the younger generation truly has a lot more contempt for the older generations. We didn't have that growing up. We wanted to see our elders. Maybe we didn't agree with everything that they thought, but we loved them and respected them and had a kinship towards them that I don't see the younger kids having. I'm
2: going to tell everyone about how shitty you are.
3: In, sh- in short, yeah, some do, but many truly do not care for their parents or their grandparents because uh, social media and their schools have made it clear that these are evil generations that have caused most of the problems.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I think uh, I feel like my whole life I've been hearing that kids today don't care about the older crowd like they used to. So I don't, I don't know. Is that just an ongoing problem?
3: I don't know. Hmm. Let's see. Then uh, this is uh, its getting too self-referential. Let's move on to this one. Oh, Rich in beautiful green Oregon says, U.S. soccer, zero wins, zero losses, two ties. So exciting. (laughs) I agree. Now, Rich, Rich, in defense of our national team, they have scored one goal in two games.
1: Oh, wow. that is exciting. And that's like three or four hours of play? Oh, my God. If you miss an hour of the show, get the podcast Armstrong and Getty on demand.
0: Armstrong and Getty.
5: lifelock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own join now and save up to 25 percent your first year at lifelock.com news that's lifelock.com news to save up to 25 percent identity theft protection starts here snag a
2: job is where america goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring
0: word of the year for 2022 from merriam-webster
2: is gaslighting let's talk about gaslighting 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 a term that's used widely in popular culture the act or practice of grossly misleading someone gaslighting is one of the worst forms of manipulation make you feel like you're the problem you said i'm gaslighting you gaslighting is a manipulation tactic there you go making things up again that's used to make you question your own reality you must be insane
5: gaslighting is not real you're just crazy
2: so i decided i'm
5: going to start gaslighting you you're going to start gaslighting me that's not
2: what i said that
1: certainly was the, <laughs> that last part was great <laughs> it certainly was the word i was the sickest of at the end of the year so i guess that kind oh. of makes it the word of the year miriam webster's dictionary's word of the year so i was uh, wanting to do the segment and look at some of the other words you know that made like the top 10 words of the year or whatever and so I, I googled it and one of the you know when you google it gives you some uh, other common questions people are asking or whatever Sure, yeah. Suggestions. One of the top one is, what are some good words for 2022? <laughs> Who's Googling that? Like you're going to a holiday party and you're thinking, well,
3: honey, I need some new words. Oh, I got last year's words. What did you think of 2022, Jim? Oh, I got no words. For you. <laughs> Here
1: are the words for you, moron, paste eater, <laughs> dunderpate. If oh, you, if you have to Google, what are some good words for this year? <laughs> Anyway, anyway, um, I think we all know. What ga- I, I don't know when I learned gaslighting. It was sometime in the last year, 18 months. I was unaware of the term, I think. Psychological manipulation of a person, usually over an extended period of time, that causes the victim to question the vali- val- validity of their own thoughts, perception, reality, or memory. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's uh, horribly overused, and we seem to get by without it for a very long time. It's not a new uh, phenomenon
3: People... it's it's subtly different from lying um it's it's an interesting concept though
1: it, it is it isn't it comes from a play but um and we've talked about it before and I don't want to talk about it again but uh it is as it says here it's more insidious than just lying it's it's mm-hmm. an attempt to make you yeah you well know, doubt your own
3: judgment I love that last clip I'm going to start gaslighting you. You're going to gaslight me? I didn't say that. (laughs) (laughs) That is funny. (laughs) That is funny.
1: I mean, you got to admit. Uh, So Merriam-Webster is uh, one of the more famous dictionaries in the world, right? And it logs 100 million page views a month on its site. And it chooses its word of the year based solely on the data of the searches it gets. That's where it comes up with it. I'm not sure that's the best way to do it. I think you should go with maybe the most
3: impactful or something. Uh, So you want them to step in and put their thumb on the scales, (laughs) hmm, do you? Activist? They they Hmm? weed
1: out evergreen words most commonly looked up to gauge which word received a significant bump over the year before. Making new appearances and that sort of thing. And they don't get into why people look up words. Uh, sometimes it might be spelling. For instance, they think that a lot of people who looked up gaslighting might have been trying to find out if it's one word or two because they weren't going to use it in print. Um, hmm. but you know, I, you know, that doesn't surprise me that many, many people heard that term since it was omnipresent in politics to, right. uh, to think, what the hell does that mean?
3: Till you were sick of it. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. But it, uh, it was in the top 50 lookups the entire year. And it uh, was very popular last year's word of the year, by the way, was vaccine with a lot of people looking that up, I guess, wanting to know what is it? A vaccine exactly rounding out this year's top
3: 10. Though, you know, I-, I looked up vaccine um, because I have friends and, and coworkers and people I uh, value who had a mis- misperception of what the word vaccine means or immunity and there were uh the, the subtleties of that were lost in the weird trumpified uh, uh, tribal arguments over everything covid yeah well, i don't want to
1: get off on this topic but um there's a new book about, out about the origin of covid and all that sort of stuff and how the vaccine was oversold and treated like other vaccines that we grew up with that actually did the sorts of things that this vaccine
3: does not to claim otherwise would be some serious gaslighting Yeah.
2: So I decided I'm going to start gaslighting you. You're going to start gaslighting me? That's not what I said.
1: (laughs) That is good.
3: (laughs) So the other top ten words of the year. You know, the the Gen Z vocal fry in that made it even better.
1: (laughs) Oligarch, driven by Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Looked up by a a lot of people. Uh Omicron. Okay. Greek letter. Codify, as in turning abortion rights into federal law. Okay. Yeah. I don't understand why it's not codify. It's always bothered me. It's codify. Uh, if you say codify, I am not going to get in your face. I'm not either. I'd be all for you trying to change it. Good for. Good on you. Keep it yes. going. Maybe that's
3: my new activist stance. Yeah. I would never have looked at well, this. I mean, this what and... does codify mean? Make it more like a cod. Right. What the hell does that mean? Um,
1: I would have never looked this up, but apparently a lot of people wondered what King Charles's wife, Camilla, newly known as a queen consort, what that means. Mm. All right. This one had a specific dictionary definition that everybody was wondering about raid as in the search of former president Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago home. Was that a raid or not?
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember that. uh, Tempest in a, I don't know, maybe not a teapot, maybe one of those big like pots you use for pasta. Bigger than a teapot. Sentient made
1: the list because of Google, some engineer claiming that AI had become sentient. And everybody went, what the hell's sentient? What, count, what counts as sentient? We need to codify
3: sentience uh, lest we be
1: gaslighted. Cancel culture?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: LGBTQIA for lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, or questioning intersex and asexual, aromatic or agender. What's
3: Aromatic. A-romantic. That means you smell nice. I'm sorry, I mispronounced
1: that. Yes.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Is that a group now? Are they demanding the, the pleasant smelling are now marching and demanding their rights? <laughs> Aromantic.
1: So ah. n- 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 a non-romantic, not a romantic. Hey,
3: how about we strike this deal? You go do whatever you want. You love whoever you want. And you shut up. Do your job. You know, live your life. Anybody violates your rights, tell me about it, and I'll fight on your side. I absolutely will. But meanwhile, I don't need to know who you're sexing up. I don't care. Well, I assume... Including if it's nobody.
1: I assume aromantic's got nothing to do with sex at
3: all. It's just... It's a romance thing, isn't it? An aggressive scent. Or, no, no, that's back to aromatic. Um, (laughs) No, I think it's like uh, asexual. Well, agender is a different word. All right, again with the with the narcissism of small distinctions. Maybe we can make that the term of the year for twenty twenty three. It's it's people are desperate for attention, and so they find a way in which they're slightly different from other people and and, and trumpet it constantly. It's obnoxious. It's adolescent. Stop it,
1: boy! That one one of the many horrifying shootings that's happened over the last week a guy went and shot up that gay nightclub that was a giant story for like 48 hours of uh you know republican gay hating trans hating right leaning blah 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 until the guy who shot up the nightclub announced he was non-binary then that story went away immediately nothing to see here folks
3: let's just keep moving now it's just a gun story Oh uh, yeah, boy! Did he have a screwed up childhood? I had not uh, heard about just it. Just no. tragic. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't
1: want to. God, that's terrible. Terrible. It terrible, is. Terrible. Yeah. Uh, back to the words of the year in the top ten. Lomy, L O A M Y. Because Wordle users tried back in August, uh, the the correct word was clown, but somehow everybody came up with Lomy. I don't play Wordle or know how it works, but that apparently that day's Wordle was a big enough deal to make the top fifty or top ten words of the year. Lomy missed it. Yeah. Huh. I guess, I believe loamy is just a a dirt that has a lot of loam in it. Yeah, L-O-A-M-Y? Yeah. Okay. Uh, In September, Merriam-Webster announced new words added to the dictionary, which they do every year, which included adorkable, which is now actually a word in the dictionary. MacGyver. I'm going to MacGyver this. (laughs) You know, I like both of those. I'm fine with both of those. Shrinkflation, which already should have been a word and is definitely a phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Um, That's in the dictionary now. And yeet. I feel like I remember that coming up. My kids know yeet. I don't remember oh. what it is, though.
3: M- Delaney May, my daughter, who is now 23, uh, is, uh, introduced yeet to me several years ago. And that is. Um, it's hilarious. It, it essentially means uh, leave. I'm going to yeet. I'm going to yeet out of here. Oh, okay. <laughs> if if I think there may be subtleties to it that I missed. Um, but yeah, it's kind of funny. In the slang category,
1: which is its own category in the dictionary, new additions include janky, which should be a word. That, that, that shouldn't just be in the slang category. Yeets a word, but janky is slang. Come on. What's the difference between slang and not slang? Well, I don't know, point? but janky's pretty common at this point, I feel. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, of very poor quality
3: is what janky means. Mm-hmm. Sus, which my kids use every single day, suspicious or suspect. Yeah, that's that's just cutesy. I don't know. Some of them bother me. Some don't. That one bothers me.
1: <laughs> uh, and look. But this is, seems like more of an imprint sort of a word. Or look. Look. L-E-W-K. That's a fashion look that is distinctive to the wear. And that is noticeable and memorable to others. Like your
3: look. Look. e Luke. Wow, I'm totally out of the loop on that, which is not surprising if you know me. <laughs> Last year, abbreviations like. I do not have a Luke.
1: <laughs> they have abbreviations in the dictionary, of course. Last year, abbreviations like TBH, to be honest, FTW, for the win. Okay, I've never seen or used that one, uh, were added. Uh, pop culture terms like Fox Hot, F A U X A W K, Fox Hawk. I don't know what that is. What? And dad bod. Like faux hawk? hawk? Oh, that's, that's, yeah, oh, that's the what, hair. Okay. The yeah. hair thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. I didn't know it was spelled that way. Um, dad bod. Clearly. This should be in the dictionary. I'm a dad. I got a bod. Thank what do God! You want? Thank God in the United States, and I'm wrapping this up. If you're getting tired of it, <laughs> the, not at all. Thank it's God! Charming. In, thank God in the United States, we use Merriam-Webster's dictionary and not the Oxford Collins English Dictionary, which recently announced their word of the year is "permacrisis," which seems a little too serious, but that's a pretty good one actually, uh, which defines yeah. an extended period of instability and insecurity, which we're all living in a
3: permacrisis. That's funny. I interpreted it as. Uh, a government official, perhaps a lunkhead governor of a giant western state, who pretends the emergency is eternal to hold on to power. But it's the me. It's the feeling.
1: The term perfectly embodies the dizzying sense of lurching from one unprecedented event to another as we wonder bleakly what new horrors might be around the corner. That's good writing. I definitely have that feeling and have had it for quite some time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. In fact, that might be my word of the day. That is a, that is a good definition right there. That that is what it feels like, isn't it, everybody? Mm-hmm. It just it feels like we go from one. This has never happened in my lifetime or anybody's life. In some cases, to another, and it feels like okay. What's the next one? All the time, I need a Luke
3: that reflects that. You know, I want people to look look at look at my Luke and realize, oh, he's he's expressing the Parma crisis that is. Infused all of our lives with gaslighty something or other. You need a Luke. You need a Luke that isn't sus but covers your dad bod.
1: Right. Precisely. And you can keep telling people, no, I look great, even
3: if you don't, and try to gaslight them, but I'm not sure it will work. No, not if they have eyes. Uh, Charles C.W. Cook, one of our favorite writers, uh, just published a piece, When Journalists Become Speech Police, mm. about how you're. Uh, Your social terrorists are just looking for somebody to persecute online. It's good stuff. We'll have that later, plus a major China update. Okay,
0: all on the way. Stay here.
4: at purdueglobal.edu
2: The Armstrong and Getty Show An obvious
1: oversight about all the economic reporting around Black Friday and Cyber Monday
3: We'll get to an hour two, among other things. (laughs) Yeah, I know where you're going with that. The quality of journalism, just terrible. Charles C.W. Cook is an absolutely terrific writer. He writes for a number of publications, including the National Review. A piece he just published, When Journalists Become Speech Police. I'll cram as much as I can into this uh, segment. I thought it was brilliant, but... Uh, I love this. Call it Cook's first law. Whatever the story, however complex its details, members of the American press will react by announcing who must be forbidden to speak going forward. This is what too many journalists are now. Not firefighters, not mediators, not conveyors of vital information, but zealous obscurantists staffing would-be censorship agencies. In comes the news, and within minutes, out comes the latest justification for shutting everyone up. A mentally ill homeless man attacks Nancy Pelosi's husband with a hammer? That's the Republican Party's fault for running political ads against Pelosi, and it must stop. A disturbed man shoots up a gay club in Colorado Springs, Colorado? That's the fault of Americans who object to drag shows for kindergartners, and they must be quiet. Elon Musk plans to moderate Twitter with a lighter hand that will cause havoc and put lives at risk, and it must be prevented at all costs. All those examples, by the way, uh, had quotes around some of the phrases uh, because they were actually in major American uh, publications. Um, and he talks about how at least the censors of the past were open about what they were doing and why they were doing it. He says today's, by contrast, are pathologically determined to euphemize it because they're vaguely aware that there's something untoward about members of the press being censors. Essentially, uh, their rules come across come couched in language of necessity. Once upon a time, everything was speech. Now there is speech as classified and approved by media sentinels, but there is disinformation, hatred and hate speech, and even stochastic terrorism. I haven't run across that. Oh, that's a big thing right now. We'll have to talk about that later. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, one might uh, sum the capriciousness with which free expression is now trampled with one of those irregular verbs. Of, it's an obscure reference to a British comedy, but it, I report... You harass. He should go to jail for incitement. Using the same phrase. You know, uh, freedom for me, not for thee. Uh, Let's see. Worse still is the grotesque tendency for members of the press to cast their transparently self-serving determinations as raw scientific truths. It's not the opinion of NBC, Axios, or The Washington Post that Twitter would be left uh, as it is. It's a fact as determined by the experts that these experts have been repeatedly proven to be full of it. Remember when the entirely legitimate Hunter Biden laptop story was a Russian disinformation campaign and therefore needed to be suppressed just before the election? That seems not to matter. Nor indeed does it seem to matter that a great many of our arbiters of truth are rank hypocrites and contemptible lunatics. The temptation to cast one's preferences as a fact is a strong one. And for now, at least, many modern journalists seem entirely incapable of resisting it.
1: Yeah, the the Twitter thing is the is the is so weird. Like, I just do not get what all the angst is from mainstream media and everybody on the left about the whole Elon Twitter thing. What exactly are you mad about?
3: Yeah. Well, and what's really interesting is that it's being cast now as fact, not angst, but fact that. Well, as everybody knows, uh, Elon Musk will turn Twitter into a fascist turned. Uh, garden. That's right. That's I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, Twitter is already a, a fascist garden of hatred and violence. Right. When there's no evidence, none to that end. Uh, I love this example. It's a good one. Ah, uh, blah, 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 blah. Last week, the New York Times' Michelle Goldberg conceded at the outset of her piece uh, on the shooting at Club Q in Colorado Springs that police are still investigating the motive. And then, having duly covered her ass with that caveat, she proceeded merrily along as if there were no need to wait for the facts of the case to be determined. Throwing caution to the wind, Goldberg proposed that because, quote, we know that the suspect is facing hate crime charges and that the attack took place in a climate of escalating anti-gay and anti-trans violence and threats of violence... That's a quote. Wait, is it? She could write the column she wanted to write all along. Among the causes of the entirely predictable massacre, again a quote, Goldberg insisted among the causes were the right, Chris Rufo, Florida red legislators, Ron, Governor Ron DeSantis' press secretary, QAnon, Republicans and Republican-aligned groups, the Proud Boys and other demonstrators, Republican Congresswoman Lauren Boebert, The Daily Wire's Matt Walsh and Ben Shapiro. Those are all quotes from the article. These people, groups, and phenomena, Goldberg concluded, quote, don't get to duck responsibility if a sick man with a gun took them seriously. But that if is pretty important, though, isn't it? Charles Cook writes. And then I wish I had uh, time to read the, the second paragraph, but... There, It goes into the Gabby Gifford shooting, Sarah Palin being blamed for it, the shooting at the Pulse nightclub in Orlando that turned out to have been chosen at random. On and on and on. They're wrong again and again and again, linking people to responsibility for these shootings. Hypocrites and censors.
1: How are the protests going in China, among other things, on the way? If you missed an hour to the podcast.
0: Armstrong and Getty.
4: at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive with no children and no casinos. Discover more at Viking.com.
2: Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh?
4: Yep. You know what this playground could use? A
5: wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves so we could go surfing.
2: Oh, I yeah. <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's
4: do it! Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby! Wait!